0: Good morning everyone and welcome to The Morning Show. Good morning, Andy. Good morning, welcome back. Well, thank you very much. Nice to be back with you and with you. I had a chance to watch the show last week, a couple of times. Oh good. Yeah, Uh, I think I
1: don't need to be back. Probably not. (laughs) (laughs) I think everyone everyone upstairs would probably agree too. But no, we had a great week and are uh, glad to have you guys back a uh, cold
0: return for me. Uh, Right now we're at the coldest we've been since last February, if you can believe it. Mm. Uh, We have a wind chill of 11 degrees. We're at our overnight low of 18 and some snow showers this morning, uh, mostly cloudy, and a high of only 26 today.
1: This morning is like one of those uh, bad days for cigarette smokers, right? The The windows jammed on the door and you can't roll the window down. It was one of those type of mornings. It is. Does that make sense?
0: It certainly (laughs) does. It's uh, December 7th, which is Pearl Harbor Day. Eighty years ago today, as uh, sun rose in Hawaii, a swarm of Japanese warplanes descended on Hawaii and Pearl Harbor. 360 planes. Isn't that amazing?
1: It is. Absolutely amazing. yeah, do you remember? You remember learning? Was that one of the biggest things you learned about in school? Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting uh, Stan Mazur was talking about his grandson explaining uh, Pearl Harbor uh, three years ago, and they had never heard of it. Really? Yeah. So that was one of the uh, reasons that Stan Mazur was so uh, insistent on bringing a piece of the USS Arizona to Jackson. And today, the dedication of this USS Arizona Memorial will occur at 1 p.m. It will be held because it's so cold. Cascades Baptist Church will be the host inside for most of the ceremony, and then everyone will walk across the street to the park for the uh, official dedication. The memorial to the USS Arizona includes the names of 26 Michiganders serving as sailors and Marines that died on the uh, Arizona that day including a sailor from uh, Jackson and Homer. So thanks to Stan Mazur and his hard work, three, four years he's been yeah. at this. So.
1: Absolutely, I believe that. And that's just been redone over there by the park. So yeah. that's all, all brand new.
0: New Plaza that also memorializes 9-11 uh, piece of the uh, Twin Towers on display as well. Yesterday the Health Department uh, announcing 357 new cases since Friday and two new deaths. And at the hospital, Henry Ford officials on Friday said they've seen a 21% increase in hospitalizations since uh, Mm -hmm. mid-November. Right now there are 500 people in all of the uh, Henry Ford, the five Henry Ford hospitals. And the last number we have from Jackson 76, and that is from about a week ago. But we're continuing to see the majority of patients being hospitalized, unvaccinated. But there are some breakthrough cases. People are getting hospitalized. What
1: was it like where you were at? What's the the COVID scene in uh, the Outer Banks?
0: Um, Cautious, people were cautious. One of the things that, surprised me was the ease of travel the airports were not overcrowded they weren't um, a zoo and that i fault national media for creating a panic in advance as to what travel was going to be like for the thanksgiving holiday and it was it was not chaotic it was controlled now there may have been some places where it was chaotic Mm -hmm. but both leaving and coming back it was it was just normal. Good. Good yeah. to hear. Masks. Everybody wear masks. mask. Uh, in the Outer Banks, it's an island, and they've been insulated from COVID, really. Um, they shut the island down early in the pandemic. If you didn't live on the island, you couldn't come across. Of course, <laughs> it killed tourism.
1: I remember that. But it did uh, keep the residents safe. So Nice. Hey, I, uh, you know, you're in charge of people. I wondered if you would ever do something like the Better.com CEO did, where he <laughs> he fired 900 people on Zoom. Mm, Only that. the uh, folks on the Zoom call were fired. So he fired nine hundred people before the holidays. Jerk. Would you ever do something like that?
0: No, not it's on. The, no.
1: Careful when you work for those large companies. It's just about the bottom line.
0: Oddly, they got uh, like a three hundred and fifty million dollar cash infusion. Seven hundred and fifty million. Seven hundred and fifty million. So they had all that cash, and the jerk CEO fired all of them. It's It was weird, he said, oh, if you're on the call, you're one of those people. Sorry, you'll be getting a letter from HR today. You're immediately terminated.
1: And that is uh, about 10% of the company they fired, so. Merry Christmas. Hey, we've been seeing Amazon uh, packages all over, everywhere. And uh, we saw a story where they just keep showing up at this person's house. Mm -hmm. There's literally, I mean, is there hundreds of boxes? Hundreds. Hundreds. And, the, and the, the people, this is the part I don't understand. They just keep setting them out there in the lawn. Mm-hmm. Um, can Hope you tell us what's rain. happening? Do you know what's happening? I do know what's happening. What's happening?
0: People, companies are, um, it's called brushing <laughs> and they <laughs> are um, harvesting uh, addresses from the internet and they are sending their products <laughs> in order to get addresses and names where they can give faults. Uh, reviews online for their products and they're willing to send out uh, essentially throw away uh, tons
1: thousands of products in order to give themselves good reviews could you imagine living next door to that person or does anyone even live there what are they doing why aren't they bringing the stuff Amazon says you can keep those items those are actually the home whoever lives there you can keep those items don't send them back. don't send them back Have you ever gotten anything uh, unsolicited? I mean, no. not, not that I want it. It's,
0: it's a bad thing because if you are getting all these packages, it's a sign that uh, these um, unscrupulous uh, vendors have more of your personal information besides your address. I'd
1: be willing to take that risk. Brandon, you? Yeah. I know. It's
0: mostly junk.
1: Uh, Noah saw this on, the, uh, on Facebook this morning, and it looks like he may have an associate <laughs> that is uh, flipping boxes.
0: <laughs> there are things like uh, hair dryers, ping pong balls, a lot of lightweight stuff, so they don't have to pay so much for shipping. But mm-hmm. yeah, Amazon, don't buy from Amazon. Stop buying from
1: Amazon. That's a good idea. That's a great idea, maybe after Christmas. Uh, New York City, they have some interesting things going on with their vaccine mandate and the way mm-hmm. they're handling COVID-19. Um, they do. Some interest, this is interesting with uh, children. So kids now five to eleven will have to show vaccine proof for indoor dining, fitness, and entertainment, and that begins December fourteenth. So mm-hmm. that means if I want to take my daughter and Brandon's son out to Joe's Pizza or something like that, or, probably a nicer restaurant, or right. to a playhouse or gym. Maybe you want to take them to the uh, Rockettes Christmas show. Got to show that, va- or just a regular movie theater. I would have to show a. Proof of vaccine. So that's interesting, right? Uh, One hundred eighty-four thousand businesses in uh, NYC affected. Mm-hmm. So again, it's it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot to handle.
0: Yeah, it's a shock to a lot of people. I'm outgoing Mayor Bill De Blasio saying every employer in the New, in New York City has to have a vaccine mandate. You have to require your employees to be vaccinated. From uh, restaurant waiters in Brooklyn to uh, big shots on Wall Street, every company,
1: no matter how small, no matter how large, there's been a huge uh, rise in cases in that five to eleven group. So, um, but again, it's going to cause more, probably cause more strife in uh, in this tri-state area with uh, more more mandates and things like that. It's not the vaccine is not mandated. Um, within the school system or anything for five to 11-year-olds, but uh, the city and mayor are taking things into their own hands by uh, (laughs) levying the regulations on businesses.
0: The big question in New York City is who's enforcing this? The meter maids. Meter maids and uh, uh, maitre d's. Uh, of course, the tragedy in Oxford uh, continues to uh, weigh on all our minds and our hearts. And we, as you know, um, Andy's uh, nephew uh, was in Oxford High School at the time of the shooting, in fact, in a in a classroom Awful. just outside the hallway where the shootings um, had occurred. Uh, my nephew uh and his son, um, and it's just... W- you know, when we heard the news, it was just, oh my gosh, we have, mm-hmm. we have a family member in that school. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's just uh, awful, and you know, life for all those families up there is, um, you know, before November thirtieth and after November thirtieth, there's just no way to mm-hmm. uh, sugarcoat that. Um, you know, you ask how, how, ask people how they're doing, they don't know how they're doing. No. They're still in shock. Um, I know that the district K through eighth, they're going to go back on Monday. Not sure when the high school uh, will go back. They'll kind of phase in with uh, counseling and things like that. Um, you know, I know basketball season's getting ready to start for uh, you know winter sports for a lot of those kids up there. Of course, Hello, this week's uh, you know you're, this week most of the community is going to be attending funerals um, for those those kids, and uh, it's just. Every day is a nightmare, I think, up there.
0: Yeah, and it will be weeks before the high school students uh, go Mm -hmm. back. Uh, This morning, uh, we learned that uh, Oxford Community Schools has declined Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel's offer for a third-party investigation. And the the prosecutor in Oakland County is starting to sound like she might be considering charges against school officials. Yeah, I
1: wanna be careful, you know, I don't wanna say anything Insensitive. You don't know what um, you don't know what went on in those meetings at school, and you don't know who was there. Um, you you just don't know. Obviously, the kid should have never gone back to class, right? Mm-hmm. Um, how do you know? So I think this case is going to be one that the country really follows uh, intently, and I think there's going to be some. Um, a lot of legislation that comes comes from this, and um, because it's you know these school administrators, and, and we'll talk to some over the course of the next few weeks. It's not as simple as okay, we have a problem that kids out of the school. There's things that they have to follow. There's state laws that they have to follow at least here. Um, so, but oh, you th- th-
0: th- and, and, and you know the thing is the it's amazing how much uh, the school. Did on those two days and they did say to the parents take the kid home and they refused I mean, what's the school going to do at that point?
1: I don't know. I, don't I mean, know. and I guess that's the question that needs needs to be answered um, You know, I was kind of surprised that the AG's office Offered to do this investigation that seemed a little bit um, I Don't know it seems surprising to me I guess um, but Oxford schools will uh, We'll have, we'll definitely hire someone, but yeah, it's just a tough, tough situation all around, and um, you know, the way that this, the news with these parents, and what they did and didn't do, and you know, were they hiding or not, it's just kind of, it's got all the makings of an all-timer, and Mm -hmm. a uh, big story that the country is following, and of course, you know, you have some, uh, sometimes these, these folks can get, you know, they're you work 30, 40 years and all of a sudden you're thrown into the spotlight, you know, as a prosecutor, or a sheriff and things like that. And, uh, it becomes, it, it just becomes a, a larger animal than mm-hmm. itself. And I think we're seeing some of that. I was talking to a friend of mine, that's an attorney. And he said, uh, that was probably Karen McDonald's first arraignment she's, she's ever done. Normally, um, someone from the office does it, even though she had to be there. But, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's a, uh, it's, it's mainstream.
0: We mentioned dubbing uh, Pearl Harbor Day, and in honor of Pearl Harbor Day, Night Lights is offering free admission to veterans and active duty military personnel. Just tell them when you pull up to the gate that uh, there's a veteran in the car, and they'll wave you on through. Thanks to Kelly Fuels, Kelly Express Mart uh, for uh, offering that again this year. Yeah, it's
1: something Kelly uh, Fuels and Kelly Express Mart does every year, and uh, they don't want a lot of fanfare, but uh, we certainly appreciate that and uh, I know all the veterans and active duty service are uh, very uh, very excited to take advantage of Veterans Night. Is uh, your friend Aiden Hutchinson going to get the Heisman this weekend? Gosh I I don't think he will but uh, it's nice that he's been invited to the table. I was surprised uh, Kenneth Walker from Michigan State didn't get the invitation. Mm -hmm. I thought he probably deserved Uh, a seat at that table as well
0: well three weeks ago he he was the number one everyone was talking about him and Mm -hmm. it just shows how much the final weekend uh, influences the uh, committee that invites the uh, finalists and chooses the heisman winner but two from the big ten uh, of course the um, big um, conference games really um, making i think a big impact on uh, on the voters
1: yeah this was actually this was only the second year in the last that I've been home for that Michigan Ohio State game, so I think that's maybe why Michigan won. So hey, I've got some uh, I've got some scores. We're back. Winter sports. Let's take a look at our Extreme Dodge scoreboard. Brought to you by our friends at Extreme Dodge. Check out their new uh, oil change building. You'll be in and out very very quick. And at the Symphony Ball, Extreme Dodge donated their charging station to the folks at the Symphony Ball. The charging station was right by my table. So I couldn't uh, eat
0: dinner without charging your.: phone. I couldn't
1: eat dinner without charging my phone. Now you remember we were all streaming the Michigan game. Mm. So it was uh, important. Boys basketball, onset 69, Michigan Center 56, cards trailed by as many as 20, uh, but pulled within nine. Uh, with just under nine minutes remaining in the game. The Wildcats featured too much Aiden Davis in the first half. You you might remember his brother Austin Davis played four years at uh, U of M. Austin, he's about uh, six foot nine, just a sophomore, and he finished the game with 26 points, 17 rebounds, and six assists as Onstead picked up the win. Girls Bowling, Columbia Central 27, Hudson three. Golden Eagles swept the uh, Baker games for a 10-0 lead. Over in uh, Boys Bowling, Columbia Central 25, Hudson 5. They uh, swept the Baker games. Luke or Jake Luna finished with a 4 0 series. Very, very good. Let's uh, see what's on deck for tonight. Here's a list of, uh, look, look at all these games. Got a lot of action tonight. Tonight, our game of the night, which is december 7th it's going to feature former tri river activity conference foes columbia and western and boys basketball that's at seven o'clock tonight western is hoping to build off a district title from last year and columbia is hoping to be competitive in this league look for a photo gallery from the game later tonight and visit jtv.tv for all of the scheduled high school sports in jackson county and that's our Extreme Dodge Scoreboard, and on deck tonight. And the only place you can find all those local schedules is right here.
0: Today's show being brought to you by Comfort Keepers. At Comfort Keepers, we make everyday extraordinary by providing in-home care that helps seniors and others live safe, happy, and independent lives in the comfort of their own homes. To apply, call 517-481-2177 or go to ComfortKeepers.com. That's our job of the day, Comfort Keepers.
1: Who's on the show today? Today, we have a great show. We will be back after this break with Mark Bernstein.
0: Thank you for
2: listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at ViewerMail at JTV.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together.
0: Welcome back to the morning show. In just a few moments, Mark Bernstein will be joining us, also Noah Nagy, warden at Cotton Correctional Facility along with a corrections officer all on today's show. Well, we're in Advent leading up to uh, Christmas, and I know you've got an Advent calendar, Andy. I did, for me. Yeah, for me. Yeah, thank with, you. With uh, jams and jellies. Well, Ooh. we have uh, more expensive uh, Advent calendars that it's become really to the point of ridiculousness this is from let's see the the, uh chanel chanel Chanel. so every day you open uh leading up to advent every day you open up a a window a box and you get a nice little chanel gift that looks expensive eight hundred and fifty dollars really yes wow is that the most expensive advent calendar no Tiffany and company. Oh dear. It comes in this crate. It's so big and once you open it up you need a crowbar obviously. Wow look at that. You'll find uh, a different gift from Tiffany and company. Price Hmm. on this $150,000. Really?
1: Yeah. Ain't that something?
0: Do we have a Tiffany and Jackson?
1: Uh, Yes, it's in the Westwood Mall. You know what I saw the other day? You know that Comtronics location is not open anymore on the corner where there used to be that that. uh, donut shop. Yeah. So I don't don't know what's gonna go there. I don't know. I'm assuming all those phone, I don't know, but I'm assuming all those phone retail places are not needed anymore. I have no idea. Um, But maybe we could get a donut shop back there. That would be great. They had a deli there once too. I don't remember the deli. I remember the donut shop. Was it Baketeria? No,
0: it was Dunkin' Donuts.
1: Really? Yeah. Huh, with their old branding.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I saw on the news that um, cars are going to have drunk driving detection systems installed. They have to be installed by uh, 2026. And really, the story comes from a family that an entire family was lost by a drunk driver, uh, a Dearborn family driving back to Florida. Um, was hit by a drunk driver going the wrong way, and mom, dad, 42, fr- 42, and 38, and uh, three kids, 14, 13, and I believe nine, all passed away in that car accident. Well, that person's sister has been doggedly working on legislation to, or working with her local politicians to try and get this passed. So. Um, mandatory in new cars by 2026, which will be very interesting. And I would think something like this, you know, it's like the seatbelt law, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like that this should just work. Um, So we'll see. I mean, it's going to get a lot of pushback obviously from people and you know, I don't want to, I don't want to blow into a thing in my car every single time I start my car. Like, so (laughs) I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, I'm not facing penalty. So we'll, we'll see.
0: Who thought we'd be wearing masks everywhere all the time?
1: Yeah, In I case. was at the uh, dentist the other day, and older gentleman across from me, he wasn't wearing a mask, and I had my mask on. And he, I took it down a little bit to use my face ID for the phone. He's like, "Oh, hey, Andy, I didn't recognize you." Not sure when to wear it. Not sure when not to wear it. Just like uh, most of the people are. So.
0: Uh, Ford Motor Company announcing this morning that the uh, return to work has been delayed once again. They're not expecting to have people back in the office until at least March. And have you seen, have you driven by the world headquarters in Dearborn? It's like a ghost town. It's amazing. It's like abandoned. Um, So it's going to be three more months before they're back in the office. Hmm. All right. uh, Coming up right after this, Mark Bernstein. Stay tuned.
2: Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV, news that brings Jackson together.
0: We are happy to welcome back to the morning show from the Sam Bernstein Law Firm and the University of Michigan attorney, Mark Bernstein. Good morning, Mark. Hey, guys.
3: Hey, good morning. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, welcome back to the show and uh, congratulations to uh, you and the firm on your 50th anniversary.
3: Yeah, we're we're now in our second half of a century. 50 years is a really, really long time and um, we're really honored and thrilled and grateful to have gotten this far and, and you know, looking forward to the future. You know, it's, uh, um, it's a funny thing. You know, you need, we were talking about this earlier actually with Michigan football about how all of these assistant coaches and there's actually been, a, I think our recruiting director just announced he's leaving. All these really talented assistant coaches are starting to get, you know, stolen and uh, so it's the real challenge is continuing to be excellent, you know, and it's the type of thing like Nick, you know, Saban's been able to do that at Alabama, but how does this relate to the to the foot to the, to the to the to the to the law firm? You know, we've been we've stayed consistently strong for 50 years, which is a really really hard thing to do, and especially in our business. And it's because we just attract and keep some of the very best people in the state who do this type of work. And uh, not a day goes by when I when I'm not grateful to work with the very best lawyers and support staff in this state and all the clients that we have you know it's a multi-generational law firm and it's in some ways multi-generational with our clients you know um so 50 years is a big deal um and we're really 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 honored to to be celebrating that right now
0: i know Uh, part of uh, what you're doing for your 50th is um, giving scholarships you announced earlier this year uh, you're yeah. planning on awarding $50,000 in scholarships. That's pretty awesome.
3: Yeah, we're doing something called the Call Sam Scholars. And it's a, uh, 10 students uh, who each receive a $5,000 scholarship for college. And uh, we got an overwhelming number of, of applicants. Incredibly impressive group of students. And it's just one of the small ways we're, we're celebrating uh, our 50th anniversary.
0: Well, of course, uh, you're an, uh, a regent on the uh, board at the University of Michigan, and we can't not talk about <laughs> the football team and the two awesome games over the last uh, ten days. Uh, a yeah. well, great, great time to be a Wolverine.
3: Yeah, it is a great time. It's great to be a Michigan Wolverine, as as we say. And it's uh, uh, I, I I don't know if you guys were at that Ohio State game or not, but it was really an absolute joy uh, to, and just all this expression of this pent up kind of happiness over this team, you know, and where we are, where we're going. And I think hopefully the kind of the, the, the as coach Harbaugh said, the, this is the beginning of something. And, uh, but that game against Ohio State uh, was just spectacular. And and then to, to beat Iowa in such a, such a um, decisive way, I think sets up a very exciting run in the college football playoffs it's nice not uh not having to uh,
1: to worry it's nice being able to wait these next few weeks and have a have a game uh to play mark let me ask you about uh 50 years and then 50 years in uh in a family business what's your what's your advice i'm in a family business (laughs) and i haven't figured
3: it out yeah what's what's your key you know i think there's that's a you know, Andy, that's a great question. And, and you know, most family businesses don't last past the second, very rarely past the first generation, uh, but very, very rarely past the second generation. Um, and for us, I think it is a combination of a few things. One, we have a common mission that we all deeply completely believe in. Two, we live the values of our firm as taught by my dad, um, and in, in many ways, my mom. Um, and so, in your in your circumstance, you get to sit and, in many ways similar to me. You know, you get to watch someone who is a, a legend um, do their work and do it with passion and um, integrity and honesty and commitment. Uh, and so, you want to model that in your life and in the in the firm, and in any business that has a, that's a family business. And then, third, um, it's we have we've kind of adopted really interesting ways to address you know in any kind of business or firm there's going to be moments where there's disagreement it just it's bound to happen and in our firm my dad came up with this many years ago this very simple way to, to think about it. it's like when we if, if we're in a, in a conversation and there's two diff- two, two different opinions uh, the person who feels strongly about it uh wins if no one else feels strongly about it. And you can't feel strongly about everything, right? Like, so, so if you, there, I can't tell you how many times we sit around the table and it's my dad, it's my sister, it's myself. When my brother was in the firm, my brother Richard would be there. And we'd look around and, and we'd say like, does anyone feel st- strongly about this decision, the, a particular decision? And if that one person felt strongly about it, then they win and everyone accepts it and you move forward and assuming everybody's coming to the table with in a good faith you know honest way i can't tell you how many issues we've addressed uh you know really efficiently decisively and without with zero conflict you know and then you just go back to getting work done and helping clients and doing the work that we do it's a small thing but it's been a huge feature of our governance for years and years and years um, but it's, and I think at the end of the day, it's, there's a, you just have to love the work that you do and care about the clients that you, that you serve. And in your case, the community that you're integrally a part of is a way to get up every morning and get to, and do the job that you do. It's a real honor to be able to do it. And you got to treat it that way.
0: Uh, great, uh, philosophy, uh, great policy, uh, and obviously it's been, uh, working uh, what a great uh, uh, legend to follow your dad and uh, to continue and mm-hmm. I know you 've got kids, and maybe someday uh, they
3: 'll be uh, following in your footsteps yeah you know it 's funny and i don 't know it 's funny i mean Andy like asked you not to, not to turn the tables, but like i got I had the the good fortune the real blessing to be able to wake up every day as a kid and see my dad go off to do something that he really loved and loves and, um, and help people that he really cares about and work with people that he really um, loves working with. And I was like, you know, I want to do that. that. That looks pretty good to me, you know? And, um, and so, you know, your parents be- are role models in lots of ways, whether you go into business with them or not. But that's just an added piece of the puzzle, for me at least, um, and I know it, it applied to my sister and it applied to, to my brother. Um, and it, the, the, the reverse is interesting too. You know, you can see people who who or, or, or family businesses or other businesses that don't act that way. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's just people are kind of going through the motions and they're not into it and and they're just there cause it's kind of the you know easiest thing to do. And that's that can't, that's not a lasting thing. Mm-hmm. Like you cannot get up in the morning and do that every single day. You know, you just can't. Mark Bernstein is with us,
0: and we'll have more with Mark after this quick break. Stay with us.
2: Okay. Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV news that brings Jackson together.
1: Welcome back to The Morning Show. We are honored to be with Mark Bernstein this morning. And Mark, I wanted to ask you about the uh, courts and and COVID time, are uh, are courts still backed up or are things starting to catch up a little bit?
3: Starting to catch up uh, slowly but surely. Um, The, you know, criminal matters for obvious reasons take uh, our priority. And so that backlog is getting kind of, I think pretty cleaned up a bit um and the civil civil docket that's which is where we live is is starting to move um quite smoothly quite rapidly um you know and the other thing that's important is that the courts are adopting now you know the the, the COVID forced people to change you know it didn't it didn't change direction of anything in any way but it just accelerated an enormous amount of change right in every part of our lives and the courts are no different. And so we were heading towards more virtual hearings, the ability to zoom into court appearances, um, you know, slowly but surely. Um, the Social Security Administration, and we do some work in the Social Security, Social Security disability helping people who've been denied Social Security benefits, they were really early in adapting to and adopting remote work, remote, I'm sorry, remote video appearances. And I remember we we built this a studio at our law firm to participate in it, and um, and that was like fifteen years ago, and now we do big hearing you know hearings that are not just social security but all over the state. Um, the Supreme Court argues their 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 cases now by Zoom, and so it has enormous efficiencies actually, as this starts to as people start to figure this whole thing that this whole thing out and it really helps people who just can't get to court so the number of no shows in court or defaults that happens is dropping significantly because people can appear in court you can if you have a you know a probate or a child custody hearing or a we don't do that type of work but you know uh, a landlord tenant dispute that type of deal the person, you know, you don't have to take the day off from work, you can just go to your car on the parking lot and, and, and appear in court. Yeah. And so that's like a, I think people are just beginning to figure out how that's affecting the justice system. But on balance, I think it's affecting the, it's very positive, very, very positive.
0: Mark, uh, this morning, Governor Whitmer announced that the Michigan Catastrophic Claims Association is gonna be refunding 3 billion of its $5 billion surplus. And I'm wondering, uh, so we'll be getting as uh, car owners uh, a refund, but with the changes in insurance law, are people with catastrophic injuries and claims, are, are people being uh, compensated less now because of uh, the insurance laws changing in Michigan?
3: So that's a, a very good question, Bart. And it's a big, uh, it's still a, a story that's, being, that's playing itself out. You know, as you remember, you may recall, Michigan's no fault law was among, not, was not among, it was by far the most expensive insurance uh, in America for auto, 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 auto insurance um, by an order of magnitude. And it was causing in some places 40, 45, 50% of drivers to be driving without insurance at all because they just couldn't simply couldn't afford the insurance. And if they couldn't afford the insurance, then if they got into an accident, they would receive no no-fault benefits, no matter how catastrophically injured they were. And so you had, across the state of Michigan, roughly 20% of motorists had no no-fault rights at all. Huh. On the other hand, you had people who were benefiting as they should um, in, because of the very generous, unlimited benefits in the no-fault area. So the the no-fault reform bill um, involved a a bunch of very complicated and 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 difficult trade-offs so on balance i think we have more people insured higher policy limits on the third party side and a coverage area a coverage that is still more generous than the vast majority of states for catastrophically injured people
0: so it sounds like uh all the questions that we had when this law went into effect which there were many it's playing out it's playing out to uh to the, the Michiganders' uh, favor.
3: Absolutely, yes.
0: Uh, we've got a new president on the horizon for the University of Michigan. I think you have about a year and a half before you have to replace Mark Schlissel. Have you mm-hmm. started the uh, search? Search yet?
3: <laughs> you know, any any great organization like like the University of Michigan is always thinking about succession. You know, God forbid something happens to him a president or a provost who's the, that that's the number two person at the university. You always have to be thinking about who would be who would fill those shoes. Um, and now of course that moment is, 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 is approaching re- rather rapidly. Um, and so, uh, I can't comment on the search or the process there, but, um, it can just assure you that we're taking that very, very seriously and eager to get at it, uh, really next year, early next year.
1: Mark, I want to get your thoughts on, obviously, the tragedy that happened in Oxford, the University Mm -hmm. of Michigan. Uh, You know, that was so cool having the young man's family and patch on the jersey, scoring 42 points, no coincidence. But, um, you know, you can look at this tragedy from, uh, you know, a few different hats, you know, a parent, an attorney, a friend, family. Just uh, talk a little bit about what that district is dealing with.
3: I can only imagine what that school district is and that community in Oxford is going through. Um, um, These are unimaginable tragedies. Um, And they just, you know, we can have the conversation and the debate about gun control and about responsible gun ownership, but this is a moment and we need to, um, but this is a moment where we just have to ask ourselves, why does this continue to happen in in communities that are all that seem to be about the same right it's typically a white middle class uh kid Uh who is disaffected struggling i mean i'm not suggesting that and this is a very difficult conversation to have because this is but these are children killing children Uh at the end of the day and we as a society as a community as a state as a country have to ask ourselves um beyond just, and I think we not neglecting the conversation about guns and gun control, which I think is an essential to essential part of this conversation. It's the elephant in the room, but we have to ask ourselves almost the philosophical, theological community conversations about what we're doing wrong yeah. as a society where we have so many disaffected, um, isolated, lonely children um, who are capable of doing this type of act. I mean, that's that's the, as a parent, as someone who, you know, you should, that's, that's, that's been on my mind these days. It's, yes, there's the criminal justice system and, and, and all the, the predictable, you know, um, legal stuff that mm-hmm. will go on as a result of this and all the politicians pounding the table this way and that way. But at the end of the day, it's just, to me, it's about. We are doing. We are failing our ch- our children right now. Uh-huh. When we drop our kids off at school and they are concerned. I mean, when I was a kid, I don't. We didn't do live shooter drills. Um, and when I hear my kids tell me that they're doing that at school, first I'm glad that they're doing it, but I'm also it's it's heartbreaking that they're uh-huh. doing it. Also, I mean, we did we did tornado drills, you right. know. Um, so it's I don't know that, that, that it's it's the, the, this is a, a moment when. There are no fast, easy answers, and and our society, sadly, is not in a place where we, um, we're, we're looking for fast, easy answers. And this is just, we're not going to get one out of this.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I'm older than both of you, obviously, but <laughs> we, when we were kids, we had these air raid uh, uh, drills, uh, and had to go to a fallout shelter mm-hmm. in our school. Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, you know. Amazing. Yeah. Well, I uh, I know. Um, Everyone's excited at the University of Michigan about the uh, college football playoff semifinal on New Year's Eve, and
1: Andy, are you going to it? I think Mark and I are going together. Actually, yeah, we're going to find a
3: way down there. I'd love to go together with you guys. You know, it's it's going to be great. Uh, I think we got a good shot at beating Georgia. Uh, You know, and you know, you know, Alabama hung 40 more than what it was 41 points on those guys. I think. And we are a team that is just peaking at the right, exactly at the right time.
0: Well, we'll be looking forward to that night and uh, we appreciate your time today. Thanks so much, Mark.
3: Guys, it's great to spend time with you. Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, best to your families. Merry Christmas, thank you, Mark. Mark Bernstein
0: from the Sam Bernstein Law Firm and the U of M. Stay tuned more of The Morning Show after this.
2: Thank you for listening to this JTV podcast. If your company or organization would like to advertise on a future podcast episode, please contact Molly McClure at viewermail at jtv.tv. JTV news that brings Jackson together.
1: Welcome back to the morning show on JTV. With us now is the warden at Cotton Facility and corrections officer Rachel O'Connor. Good morning. Good morning. It's great to, uh, great to see you both. Obviously hiring, hiring, hiring yep. at the MDLC. Yep. Talk a little bit about how that's gone.
4: We are. Uh, you know, we've been on, fortunately, a couple times. Uh, we had a recruiting event back in September, yep. and uh, we did have some success with that. Uh, so we, we are going back to that uh, this week again. Uh, we're gonna have another recruiting event at the Cotton Facility on Thursday, uh, December 9th, from 11 a.m. to uh, 7 p.m. It's gonna be in our T-100 training building. And we're going to do on-site applications, uh, or on-site interviews, and go through the application process uh, with those folks that show up. Uh, we'll have staff there to answer questions, uh, kind of walk them through the process. And uh, you know, by all means, there's there's a number available for them to call in advance, uh, as it's being shown now, uh, 517-930-6150, if they have any questions leading up to that. Uh, we certainly want to make folks as comfortable as possible and get their questions a- answered before uh, they get on uh, you know, start going through the process.
1: Rachel, what were some of the questions you had before you started your career?
5: At Corrections? Um, actually, I didn't really have that many because I went to school for criminal justice. Okay. So I knew I wanted to be an officer. But I just didn't know which route I wanted to go. So yeah, you took
1: an interesting path. You got I your did. bachelor's and then your masters mm-hmm. and then decided you wanted to get into corrections. Talk about that. Yeah.
5: So, um, just one day I was sitting there and I thought I've been working at this job for my other job for twelve years and I thought I really want to do something for myself. Mm-hmm. And I had applied before and I turned that job down and took a different job, a different path. So I kinda like just came back to it. Mm-hmm. So
0: so you had a passion for this because Did with a master's degree, you don't need a master's degree. You no. do not. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> you do not.
5: You just need 15 credits.
4: That's right. Yeah. Was it a big
0: leap for you to say, you know what? I've got all this education, I've got this experience, but I really want. This is what my heart's leading me to.
5: You know what? I, I had like this misconception about it. So I thought, you know, I I wanted to go in there, and I thought, I'm just going to go in there and just uh, make a difference, which I still can. I still am. I feel like I still am going to make a difference. But, you know, you think about, you watch TV, and you see what you, uh, on TV, and you're like, oh, my God, this is, you know, going to be horrible, (laughs) a situation. But it actually was really nice. I met staff, was welcoming, and, of course, you know, you're dealing with prisoners, and it's just, you know, communication is, like, the key. And I think, you know, that's probably what helped me make that transition.
0: Is Noah a good boss? (laughs) <laughs> I'd like to work okay, with both. Of let you me tell you, No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. he
5: actually has been very fair. Um, he's um, always been there, you know. Like he always uh, brought me in his office when I was brand new, and he was like, "Tell me about yourself. You know, what made you decide to do this?" And I, I like that. I really like that because it showed that he cared.
0: I would think, you know, coming into a, a job in the prison, there's, you know, you've got to be intimidated. You know, oh, yeah. <laughs> You've got not only new people you're working with, mm-hmm. but you've got all these, you know, prisoners too. Is the, uh, is the adjustment period uh, are the new job adjustment period a little different? Uh, working
5: at corrections oh well, yeah and I, we we're just talking about that while we we're uh, waiting and i told him that i when before i thought you know they're gonna be all locked down they're all locked down they're all like behind a key you lock them in and <laughs> you don't really talk to them it's not like that. It's not like that at all. You interact with the prisoners. You know, you're always, you know, obviously you want to know where they're going and you're making sure they're getting to the right place and that type of stuff. And they're out walking around and just, you know, they have jobs. They're doing, you know, they're doing their thing. So the, they're trying to get out of
1: there. The next academy, January 24th, and that's eight weeks. And let me ask you, what is the academy like? What is that eight <laughs> week academy like?
5: OK, so we were the first virtual class because it was right in the heart of uh, the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we did six weeks, I think, on the computer. So it was just sitting there in front of the computer and, you know, and doing the doing that. And they look, they expect your uniform, mm-hmm. make sure you're, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. And, but it was it was different. And then when we got to the actual academy, it was really it was it was fun. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you said, like, I started a little late in the game and, you know, but it was all right a lot of yelling.
1: (laughs) For people that have been, you know, seeing the ads, seeing the billboards, hearing the stuff, um, what would you say that could kind of maybe ease people's mind about, you know, that first day?
5: It's not what you think or not what you see on TV. You know, it's, it is a prison and, you know, there are criminals there, but it's not like that. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I've I've watched the other interview that you had with one of my colleagues and she really nailed it. Communication is the key being fair, consistent, just being just being yourself, basically, mm-hmm. and you're just gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine.
0: Yeah, I think a lot of us have uh, the uh, vision of uh, Rikers Law uh, yeah. and Order. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> and it's not like that. <laughs> I thought
5: the same thing. I, you know, when I first walked in there, I was telling mm-hmm. them about my, uh, they give you a tour when you get done with the academy, and, and we walked in and their prisoners were walking around, and I was like, Why are they walking around? You know, (laughs) but it wasn't, it wasn't like that. And they were, they were really cordial. They were like, hi, how are you, ma'am? They're really respectful. You do get some that are a little bit on the other side, but they're, you know, they're very respectful.
0: Well, you mentioned uh, it's a class, you know, the academy. Um, So you'll be going in with uh, a lot of other new people too. So that must, that's, that's helpful.
4: Yeah, it is. I mean, generally, you know, uh, you know, our academies are not going to be in the 140, 160 range, maybe a little higher. Um, You know, we certainly want it to be a little higher, um, and that's why we're out promoting as much as we can, mm-hmm. you know, like like Rachel talked about, you know Her path was a little little different than what uh, Michelle's who had me on back on September There's no right way or wrong way mm-hmm. when you're applying for Corrections uh, You know if you want to make a difference and have an opportunity to help folks uh, get back into the communities, you know This is your opportunity um, Whether you're 22 or 42 or whatever it may be uh, Whether you have a bachelor's degree and a master's degree whether you have two credits, uh, you know, you have that opportunity uh, for that through that first two years with the department to earn those 15 credits that you need mm-hmm. so uh, There's a lot of opportunity within the department and uh, we certainly uh, would like to have folks come out and see us uh, this Thursday and uh, You know we can talk them through that process. You know, it's a uh, it's a great opportunity for a lot of people.
0: What should they bring?
4: They only need to show up, uh, you know, we're gonna go through that application process we're gonna go through and, and you know if they have a resume it might be helpful when you're filling out mm-hmm. that application to have that information available Um, But, you know, as far as uh, bringing anything, you really don't need to bring anything uh, other than having that knowledge of, you know, know, for your application. And then obviously, you know, being as prepared as you can for an interview. uh, We certainly uh, are going to answer questions for folks and make them feel comfortable.
0: Nice. Uh, Rachel, in the uh, virtual training academy, were there push-ups involved? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) There were.
5: And it, you know, and actually they gave us the option to do the modified ones, which, you know, of course I was doing the modified ones. (laughs) (laughs) I really tried though, (laughs) but I have no upper body strength. So that was my, my problem.
1: (laughs) What's, uh, what's the day-to-day like for you, for people watching? What's, what's your uh, day-to-day like? So, you know,
5: you go into roll call. Um, and they give you the rundown of what happened in the prior week or that day or whatever, if there was any incidents. They just kind of like tell you like what to expect. Mm -hmm. You get your assignment, you grab your keys, and then you get your equipment and you go to your assignment.
0: And if you're interested in uh, a a job that Sounds like that. Uh, <laughs> this is the opportunity. Yeah, great opportunity. A great
5: opportunity. If you want to uh, make a difference, I feel like this is really a good job to try to do that.
0: Awesome. Great to see you both. Thanks. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank us. you guys. Appreciate, I appreciate it. it. Yeah. Uh, Rachel O'Connor, corrections officer and the warden at G. Robert Cotton Correctional Facility, Noah Nagy. Well, that's it. We're all out of time, guys. Thanks for being Thank with you. us Thank um, you. here today. Uh, tomorrow on the uh, morning show, uh, we've got uh, Mike Quartella, uh nice. retired, just retired, Lumen Christie uh, hockey coach. Later today, Justice Richard Bernstein from Michigan Supreme Court, Superintendent Jeff Bontrager from Northwest, Nicholas Barash, uh, star of Hadestown at Wharton, opening tomorrow, and Denise Owens and Sean Lutz from the Jackson County Animal Shelter and Jackson County Parks. That's later today here on JTV. Thanks for watching, we'll see you then.